Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 6. Remember, Peter is writing to a church that is suffering under persecution in a hostile world, and he's telling this church that he's writing to, or these churches that he's writing to, how we are to live in a hostile environment, how we are to live in a hostile world. Uh, While we do not face physical threats of persecution, like many people, people all over the world, like in China, where uh, the government is ordering the destruction of churches, the destructions of crosses and things like that. Uh, the, the, uh, they, they forbid uh, churches to, to meet. Uh, well, you know, we're actually we're kind of facing a little bit of that. <laughs> no. Anyway, it's not like it is in other parts of the world. However, we do still live in a hostile world. No matter where believers are, Throughout this world, we live in a hostile world. We are to live as exiles, as foreigners, as strangers, as aliens in this world. And last week we saw how we are to praise God for what He has done. To praise Him for the fact that He's caused us to be born again to a living hope. Something that we can really believe in and have confidence in because Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah, right? We praise Him because we have an inheritance that is saved for us that will never fade. It is, it is completely undefiled and imperishable. It is kept by God and He keeps us as well. He keeps us by His power. And tonight, we're talking tonight about how we can rejoice, how we can have joy in the midst of suffering. And to think about that from from a world's perspective, from the world's perspective, it seems like nonsense. How can you be joyous while you're suffering? It seems like the two are incompatible. But for the Christian, joy and suffering go hand in hand. We'll look at what Peter has to say here in Verse 6 through 9. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it be, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, help us to see how these things fit together. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And help us to understand how we can be joyous in the midst of suffering. 
in the midst of pain, in the midst of agony, in the midst of persecution, that we can have joy. Lord, help us tonight to hear from you. Give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter begins, In this you rejoice. In this you rejoice. So the first question we ask when we come to this is, What is this? <laughs> in this you rejoice. I believe that he's, he's talking about the entire content of what we saw last week. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has caused us to be born again according to His great mercy. Not because we have done anything great. Not because we're, we're so good or we're so smart. But He is, out of His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again. We've got new life. That's what we are to rejoice in. And, and He tells us we have an inheritance that's waiting for us. An inheritance. This, this world... With all of the, the pleasures that we have. You know what? I, I've started a new job. I'm, I'm working for Dish Network. And, 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 and I'm installing TV. And, and all of that is... I mean, I don't want to lose my job or anything. <laughs> but that whole thing is all wrapped around uh, getting people to be comfortable. And, 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 and it's about... I'm going to be involved in some sales, which that's an honorable thing to do as long as you're not trying to deceive people with what you're selling. But there's, there's a sense in which it's, it's trying to get people to want more stuff. More stuff for this life right here. And the truth is, for a believer, we should be satisfied because we have the riches of all the universe waiting for us. We have, we have a, an inheritance that is unfading and undefiled that is kept in heaven for us. And, and God preserves us. He keeps us by His power through, all the, through this world that is hostile, through this world that might uh, damage our faith, that might, might press against us and cause us to want to give up on believing in Jesus. He keeps us. He keeps us by His power and He holds on to us and He will not let us go. It's in these things we rejoice. We rejoice. We can have joy because of what God has done for us in Jesus. In this we rejoice. Though now. <laughs> Though now. What is it like now? We're, we've got our hopes set on heaven. We've got our hopes set on the things to come. But right now, boy, we experience some, some difficulties. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, we live in trials. Now, we live with things like cancer. We live with things like brain tumors. We live with things like uh, pulmonary fibrosis. We live with things like cirrhosis of the liver. We live with all kinds of things that, that we struggle with, that are, are painful, that are, are, 
maybe not temptations, but they're, they're trials. And they might cause us to, to wonder, can we really hold on? Can we really hold on without giving up? Peter here says, in this, in this, in knowing what God has done for us, in knowing that He's caused us to be born again, in knowing that we have this inheritance in heaven, in knowing that we're kept by God's power, even though right now, for a little while, we've been grieved by these trials. Pain, suffering, sickness, persecution. Like I said, it's not like it is in other places in the world. I don't want to make it sound like... Because that, that would belittle what other people are going, on, are going through around the world. But at the same time, just think about it. You have a, a sitting United States senator who's questioning a judge about what his, his uh, qualifications for being uh, a judge. And basically, he says that uh, this judge that he's questioning is unqualified or un-American because he basically wrote some kind of paper or something while he was in college that basically stated what Christian doctrine is. That, that Jesus is the only way. That, that all other ways lead to hell. And, and I won't even name his name, but a, a sitting United States senator questioning him, saying, if you believe this, you're un-American. We do live in hostility. We live in a hostile world. If we believe what Christians have always believed for thousands of years, we will face hostility. So now, though we've been grieved by various trials, we rejoice. We rejoice. And notice he says, for a little while. It doesn't seem like a little while sometimes. It seems like, when is this going to end? It, gets, it seems like it keeps getting worse. Every day. Every year. This comes up in my life. And then this comes up. You can fill in the blank. I'll talk a little bit about what has happened in my own family. You know, you've got kids not... I'm not talking about my kids, <laughs> extended family, kids not doing what they're supposed to. And on top of that, health concerns, family members dying, and financial concerns, and all of those things just piling on each other, piling on each other, piling on each other. And you wonder, how long can I hold on? How long can I hold on? This, is, this seems unbearable. I just don't know. But in comparison to the future glory that we have waiting for us, it's just a little while, Peter says. It's just a little while. When we remember in comparison the, the millions and millions and millions of years that we will be in heaven worshiping God forever, and it is a, an inheritance that will never fade, we'll never get tired of it, the little suffering that we go through now just seems like a little while. Just seems like a little while. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, if God has all this for us, if God has all this glorious inheritance for us, then why is He making us go through all this now? Why does He allow us to to go through all this suffering and pain and agony and disease and sickness? Why does He allow us to go through this? Verse 7 answers that. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor. These are tests, and it's tests like putting gold through a fire. You've got, you, 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 you mine that ore, and you heat it up, and you, and you let the, the heat burn up all the impurities until you're, you're left with the pure, solid gold or silver. And the trials in our lives, the temptations in our lives, all of those things that we face that, that are hostile, that, that make us feel like it's time to give up, all of those things are refining us and, and burning away the impurities that in, are in our lives. They are, they are re, uh, sanctifying us. You know, the, the beginning of the letter said that, that uh, we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That happens at the moment we're saved, right? As we're set apart. And, and yet it also happens as we live out the Christian life. And as we go through persecution and trials and, and all of the different things that we struggle through. He, he is working out His purposes in our lives by refining us like fire. Refining us with fire like gold or silver. And the result, after all of that, is that we may be found, our faith may be found to be real. What is the test to know if somebody's a real Christian or not? How do you know if somebody's a real Christian? Standing up under persecution, trials, temptations, and suffering. That's how you know if somebody is real. Um, Jesus said, He said, He told the parable about the, the sower. And the sower goes out to sow the word. And he throws the seed on all the different different kinds of soils. He throws some on the good soil and some on the rocky soil and some on the thorny soil. And but that thorn that that soil on the thorny soil, it's the cares of this world just come up and choke the faith out. It comes up and chokes the life out of it. And then and that that um the stony soil, when it goes down into there, and it might sprout up a, li- a little bit at the beginning, but the sun comes and beats down on it. And Jesus says that sun coming and beating down on it, that, that represents the, 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 the uh, trials and, and persecutions and suffering that come into life. And that one that's on stony soil shrivels up and dies whenever that comes. When He puts us through the trials and temptations, when He puts us through suffering, as we come out on the other side, 
we can look back and we can say, look at what God did. Look at what He did. He saw me through all that and I didn't give up. He saw me through all that and I'm still here. I'm real. And it ought to cause us to praise Him. It ought to cause us to rejoice even in the midst of suffering. Because we know that through that suffering, He is is refining us, He is making us more like Jesus, and He is proving that we really are real. Verse 8, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him, and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. We're not like the early disciples. We're not like Peter. Peter, he he was one of Jesus' disciples that walked with Him and talked with Him and ate with Him, and Jesus even gave Him a new name. But we don't see Him. And and these early Christians who who, uh, were receiving the first recipients of this letter, they didn't see Him. And, and we haven't seen Him, and we don't know Him, but how do we know we're real? How do we know that we are really believers? In spite of the fact that we have not seen Him, we love Him. We love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, right? Because He first loved me. Um, in the midst of suffering... In, in the midst of suffering and in the midst of, of trials and persecution, we can still say we love Jesus. When we're, when we're tempted to give up, when we're tempted to, to say, I just can't handle it any longer, I've got to give up, we can still say, I love Jesus. I don't see Him. I've never seen Him. But I, I believe in Him. I believe that He really came and He died for me. And we can rejoice. And we love Him. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Remember, Peter mentioned faith back in the last passage. We're kept by God's power through faith for a salvation that's ready to be revealed. We go through this life of suffering and torment and all of the the pains and disease and things that we have in this life, and we are guarded by God through faith. He continues to give us faith. When we feel like we're about to give up, He gives us faith. We come to the last verse we're looking at tonight. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Faith is necessary for salvation. Now, I often talk about how it's not in us. It's not in us. It's not about being a good enough person. It's not about cleaning ourselves up. It's about trusting. It's about trusting that Jesus was good enough. And trusting is is putting faith in action. And so, so it's not that... When, we, when it says here, we're obtaining as the outcome of our faith the salvation of our souls, it's not saying that's something in us that causes us to be saved. It's believing that what Jesus did was sufficient. It's believing and trusting in Him. 
And we receive, after all of the the suffering and persecution and, and trials and sickness and pain and all the things that we go through in this life, when we hold on to Him and He holds on to us, we can rejoice through suffering because we know He has saved us and He holds us and He'll never let us go. So, Christian believers, we can rejoice in suffering because it's just a little while and compared to the glory that will be ours one day. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.